Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 159 with my friend, Shay Leogio. Uh, I had so much fun with that last name. I had to ask her, I was, and I got it wrong the first time. I won't even tell you. It's so embarrassing. Uh, Shay, it was such a delight to have across from me. Um, I'd edit out so much of me talking because she just creates this presence where I was just like, Yep, yep, yep. Let me tell you stories of my life. Going to make a great therapist. Uh, and then I decided I needed to tell her that too. Uh, so <laughs> Shay, if you're listening, there it is again. Um, but I won't bore you guys with my thoughts because you're here for Shay's thoughts. You can hear more of my thoughts after the episode because that's just what we do around here. But until then, and without further ado, here's my friend, Shay. You and I have lots in common. Request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? That's fine. Wow, this is fun. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm not as nervous as I thought. That's good. Yeah. We're just chatting. I'm just chatting. Um, well, hi. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, I usually start with how I know people. I love this. We met first semester of grad school. We sure did. It was your first semester too, right? Yeah. yeah. And we were in. I didn't know that was your first semester, if I'm being honest. No. But did, were we just in diversity? We were in diversity together. Okay. I think it was just that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you didn't have Josh for intro. No, no. I wish I did. Mine was a train wreck. <laughs> it was so bad, Justin. <laughs> oh, no. Don't say who it was. <laughs> no, I, I will not. No, no, no. Um, oh, I've seen some names pop up the longer I go. And like, there's a little supervisor drop down, and I see some names in there. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like they're still floating around here. You're like, huh? oh man. <laughs> but I, yeah, I will, I will. I'll reserve my shit talking for when I'm not recording. There we go. <laughs> Good idea. Um, yeah, and uh, we we met then, and I think I voiced this to some degree with with all of you. I mean, when I say all of you, like that half of the classroom almost. <laughs> it's <laughs> just very, that. Half. It's very funny. So. That that room was divided in a very strange way, with because like there's two thirds on one side and a third on the other, mm-hmm. and on your side were like Evan, who I hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney was over there. Um, Caitlin's over there. Like it was, it was, it was the intimidating side. It was uh, for the me intimidating side. I'm intimidated by, uh, yeah, people that are, I well. I think I said this is what I said to Ryan. I was like, I'm intimidating by people that are uh, women and younger than me. <laughs> so everyone's so like, yeah, there's a, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. The cut that cuts deep. Um, yeah. It's just, I don't know. I think there's a version of like middle school adjustments. Like I can't talk to those people. Mm. You want to know something crazy? <laughs> what? I was intimidated by you. Oh, cause I'm loud and annoying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd use those words, yeah. but I think it's because you like immediately put yourself out there. Yeah. Like that was something I definitely noticed about like when we were in Lindsay's class. I was like, wow, he's like so sure of himself and he knows his place. It's so funny. So I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm here to boost your ego. I have never thought that way about myself, but maybe that's why I come off that way because I'm not arrogant about it. Maybe. Um, so it's, it's funny to hear that. And Evan said something similar, uh, and I was like, wait, you think I'm confident? Um, and now I think I am. There <laughs> you go. Like, Look what that does to yeah, you. Yeah, like a year ago, 
I think I would have been like, you're an insane person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How we see other people and how they see us. Yeah. No, I was incredibly intimidated by you. Well, stop it. Well, I'm done now. I know all your flaws now. You're below me. (laughs) Yes. There you go. That's what I was was hoping for even, but I'll I'll take it. No. Uh, (laughs) um, And then let's go back in time. Long before I met you. You're born. <laughs> um, Circa 1999. Oh, I got a year and everything. Yeah. Um, siblings? I have a sister, younger. Younger sister. Younger sister. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> younger sister. Yeah. Um, how much younger? Uh, three years. Okay. So she actually just turned 21 this year. Okay. It was very fun. <laughs> um, do you grow up around here or um, Michigan in general? And, I grew up in Michigan. Yeah. I grew up in farm country of Lapeer County. Okay. Uh, so like in a little town called Otter Lake. Oh. But I went to school Sounds in like North a Branch. Town. Oh, way up there. <laughs> uh, wow. It's not that north. It's actually east. It's north. It's north of many it's people. North of here. It's north of here. <laughs> like people consider that area up north, and I'm like, what are you talking about? But like, how many people are in your graduating class? Um, Do you know? So it's pretty big. I mean, like. To me, it was big. It was 190. I was like not three the, times that. Not the face. But then <laughs> the next town over, uh, like just maybe 15 minutes north, was eight that same year. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we were one of the big. Yeah, I guess that's all in who you compare to, I suppose. Yeah, and then, like, Lapeer, <laughs> which was, like, the like our big town, you know, yeah. of the area. They had, I think they had maybe 350, 400. Okay. And we were like, wow, that's so big. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's and then I like meet people down here who had the cra- like graduating classes of like 600. And I'm yeah. like, where did you all fit? Yeah. What did mom and dad do when you're born? Uh, so when I was born, my mom was finishing up nursing school. Okay. And so for like the first, I remember like up until I was about five is when she like graduated. Nice. Uh, my dad was an electrician. He did more like traveling work. So he, he was like a traveling lineman. He did storm oh, okay. work. So yeah, like yeah. he was down in like Louisiana for Katrina yeah. and he went out east a lot for like all the nor'easters. Um, often see a DTE truck in my neighbor's driveway because he's, he's doing that same thing that's all the time. Him. Yeah. He did retire um, pretty early in my life though, just because he had like chronic back pain and a lot of stuff with that. So he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, so he kind of became, he like took on this role of like stay at home dad. That's cool. Um, which like, I love looking back on because I think of like when I was younger, my mom worked third shift and so that my dad cooked dinner where we had five dinners. Okay. We had spaghetti, (laughs) we had tacos, (laughs) the rotating dad, we had hamburger helper Uh (laughs) and like every now and then maybe he'd get fancy and he would do, um, like beef stroganoff hamburger helper. Okay. Um, but like, I, I've like, I hated dinner back then, but like I have fond memories looking back yeah. at it now. Cause I'm like, Oh, my dad was doing his best. What, uh, how old were you? you think when he started doing that? Um, I know, I think it was 06 or 07. He had his first back surgery. So it was around then okay. when so he officially retired. Yeah, I was like eight or nine years old around there. Um, So that's like his role. I knew most of my life because I always like labeled him as like an electrician, but I don't think I really accepted the identity of stay-at-home dad until recently. Yeah. I don't think he has either. Yeah. It's a, 
it's a term that is still <laughs> has a rejected lot, by a lot around of, it, yeah. a lot to it. Oh yeah, you want to dive down as, the hole of like masculinity and, yeah. and it's not as easy as stay at home mom. Yeah, right? that's like a that's easy. So do you three years? I'm curious about the sibling relationship. Okay. <laughs> what do you remember your sister being born, mm, or is that too young? Not. I have like very very like like vague memories like so, do you have like a feeling memory of like i'm not an only child anymore yeah okay. so i know um so like f- let this out but like for the first three years of my life we were actually living with my grandma okay um my mom's mom and um so when but it was like when my sister was born is when we finally moved into like my childhood home yeah. like your whole family's living with your grandparents yeah your yeah because okay. at the time it was just me my dad and yeah my mom so and they were um house hunting so we just lived there and but i have like i don't have like very vivid memories like i'll my mom took on like the first like the things she always says was like the things moms always do with first kids is like i want to do a scrapbook about their life and i'm going to do all this this and this not for the second child. So like I'll look back at pictures of me and my sister really young and I'm like, I have like feelings associated with that, but like I don't remember it. Yeah. yeah. But like I I think like I always had a hard time describing what our relationship was like because I kind of always like depicted it as normal. Like it never stuck out as like normal's relative. Abnormal. <laughs> I know, but I think it's just like sometimes when things are normal it's hard to describe them besides normal. Yeah. And but like when things aren't normal, you're like, oh yeah, it was shitty and it was awful and like yeah. it was, you know, all these horrible descriptor words. So I don't know, it was normal. Like we had our spats because we're sisters. Yeah. And I would always make her like if we were like playing imaginary like games, she'd always get the less fun one because I'm the older <laughs> sister. Obviously, <laughs> I get the best stuff. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I feel like it was normal yeah in quotes um and then your mom working and nursing third shift so that's midnights right like yep yeah yeah she did that up until i think i was like 13 she did that so does that for you as a kid does that look like i go to bed mom's home and then when i wake up she's coming home but yeah then she sleeps while you're at school right so like i was she'd get home at about um or, like, she'd be, like, getting ready for work around, like, 6, 7 o'clock. Okay. And so, like, I'd see her before I went to bed, but then, like, I wouldn't see her when I would, like, before I went to school. And, um, like, thankfully. Like, shifts are long. Yeah, 12 hours. Yeah. So, um, like, it was nice. And, but, like, obviously, like, even on her days off, like, she still had to make up for the time that she was awake at night. So, like, half of that day is already spent sleeping. Yeah. And, like, I have, like, a lot of memories of, like, really quiet days on the weekends like when she was working because we were like can't wake up mom it was like don't don't poke the bear don't poke the sleeping bear um and so like my dad was always trying to find ways like keep us entertained outside especially go outside outside. (laughs) have fun run around yeah um but i don't know i guess like it was a very interesting dynamic but i never found it like bad like, I was just like, this is just what life is. And like, I see mom when she's awake and yeah. she works at night. Yeah. Yeah. What does uh, life look like as you start getting like junior high age, middle school? Yeah. So that's when my mom started like shifting into like day shift. Okay. So saw mom a lot more. 
um, because of that, which was nice. Like it was nice seeing her more often. You start seeing mom more around the time when maybe puberty. Yeah, I, I was like, and I start getting angsty. <laughs> uh, obviously, junior high had my first little like crush and my first little boyfriend. Yeah, and so of course I was like starting to get secretive, and I was like, oh, I can't tell mom about this because like I just can't do that. It's not what you do. Yeah, and. I'm assuming you didn't uh, tell dad either. Oh, of course not. <laughs> no, it was even worse. And are you like more spats with your sister or friends with your sister when you're in that age, mm. like 12, 13? Like, I want to tell myself like we were more <laughs> friends, but like I know there are a lot of spats. And See, I know... this is coming from, I'm the younger sibling of a mm. three-year age difference, so I'm just... Yeah, and like I, I like look back now and I know that like as I was like getting into that age where I'm like, well, I'm too old for to play Barbies with you anymore or like, well, no, I don't want to play with American girl dolls because like you're a kid and I'm a tween. I'm 12. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, like that was, uh, that was a really big difference. Yeah. And I think I was like getting more argumentative, uh, which wasn't super fun, but I don't know. I thought I was having the time of my life. Yeah. I had a good friend group. I had like a best friend. I had a bestie. And what did you guys do socially, like for fun, ooh, in junior high? Justin. So here's the thing. Uh, uh -oh. um, we lived in farm country, yeah. which means Just there's not that stuff. much to do. <laughs> uh, so like our version of fun was like going to each other's houses, and so like me and my best friend bonded over. So like she was obsessed with Justin Bieber, sure, in his prime, and I was obsessed with One Direction, and so we bonded over our fandoms and like. We got like so into it. We had like f like fan accounts on social media, yeah. And uh, so like we would listen to music, and we would. Um, this is also when, like Omegle became a thing. Do you oh remember Omegle? Yeah. So like the chat rooms. Yeah. And like uh, there was also like Kick, which was also really big. It was a little K -K. app. Yeah. K -K. Yeah. 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 And so like. That's when, like so the funny. like our, my like my online presence really became like more prevalent. Yeah. And, like looking back at it now, it was scary. <laughs> like that is something a 12, yeah. 13 year old should not have been looking at, yeah. or like Completely talking to uncensored. about strangers. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god! But at the time, I was like, this is like I have to do this because everyone my age is doing this. That's so funny. So. I am pressed to just point out the funny generational gaps because the behaviors are the same. It's just mm -hmm. where you access those. Yeah. And I like, for instance, so my wife, big handsome person when she was a kid, <laughs> she wouldn't mind me saying that, but it's all like the magazines, like teen beat and all that stuff. And you'd get the, or like even, you know, us or people or something yeah. where they're on the cover and you're like, oh yeah. And you're reading the interviews. Oh, or no, them. Yeah. I remember like every now and then I, my mom never bought me magazines because yeah. they were too expensive, even though like, well, and it's all on the internet anyway. I know. <laughs> so like, I remember like looking at like 17 magazine being like, oh my gosh, I like, look, my favorite band's on there. Or like yeah. the current, like biggest pop stars are on there. Like I want to read it so bad. And so like the shift in like media preference, like preferences yeah. was definitely like, that was a big time for it around then that the era. scary stuff's always there. Like I had, I had AOL chat rooms Ugh. talking to the same creepy people that were on like kick for, for right. sure. 
Like, I look back and it's like, I should not have been talking to those people. Yeah, internet's a scary place. It is scary. I always joke, but like, get further away from joking as time goes on that I'm going to like, when I have a kid, I'm going to just go to the woods. <laughs> just live in the woods for a while. <laughs> You're like, nothing else exists like, but this for the first time. actually does not exist. I'm not talking yeah, about. Sorry, bud. Um, everyone at school? No one at school. <laughs> you go to school at the trees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're making social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh bunch of tween and teen girls hanging out talking up justin bieber in one direction Mm. you must love harry styler's career harry styles career direction oh of course Um, (laughs) full support awesome um and i mean what how when does that click into like the next level of now i'm in high school and Mm. what when does your social life shift or does it or what does that look like all right so plot twist Uh um i actually switched schools when i started freshman year of high school okay so around that time like the school district we were in um my sister who i think at the time was in fourth grade um she was diagnosed with add and there (laughs) yeah and so like when she had like her iep and had like a like all of her accommodations put in place, that school's like version of accommodations was like, we're just gonna put you in a room by yourself to do your work, and it like <laughs> there's no progress being made. My mom's like, we're gonna switch to this like neighboring school district. We've heard really good things about it's crazy. how they. That's not that long ago. I know, <laughs> like that. I think that was like 2012. Yeah, 2011. That's maybe? a bummer. It's insane. So we switched to the neighboring school district. My mom that summer told me, she's like, if you want to switch, you can. But like, I'm not going to force you because like we're in a school of choice area. So like, no matter what, it doesn't matter. And how'd you feel about that? It was at first I was like, that is not what I'm going to do. But then I really thought about it. And I was like, I don't really remember what kind of like tipped me over to choose going to a new school but i talked about it with my best friend a lot and she was like well i'll still talk to you and like we'll still hang out and i was like i think that affirmed that is magical to have a best friend at that age Mm -hmm. that is supporting you moving like to a different yeah and you're not leaving your house right you're just right yeah different school school. but still like you know you know what that does to friendships. Right. Like, especially... <laughs> yeah, at like that point, you've seen that yeah. happen at your school with people. Like, so that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Like, honestly, it wasn't until now that I like look at it and I'm like, that takes like a whole different level of like maturity and like commitment to a friendship to be like, like, yeah, my... <laughs> 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 but to like look at your best friend and be like, oh my gosh, she's moving schools. But like, it's okay. I'll still be friends with her. Yeah. Like, no worries. And we were friends halfway, like up until my sophomore year. And then we kind of drift apart. Yeah. But... Like, the fact that it still lasted two years. Um, so that was incredibly scary. Was there a part of you that, like, wanted that um, or, like, was excited about it for, like, you get to completely reinvent yourself at that point, right? Because you're going to a new school, new people. I very think I saw it as, age. like, I, like, looked at, like, the people I went to school with currently. And I was like, I don't know if I, like, want to associate with them oh. like going into high school i'm like i don't know and i i didn't have like a huge friend group yeah. and i was just like well like if i already had my best friend telling me she would like stay friends with me then like what's the harm done and like yeah. going to a new school where like probably no matter what i would try to make new friends is there like specific traits or anything that i, I want to say i did <laughs> but i don't know justin um <laughs> but like i know it i felt 
good at first like going into it but then it was like obviously like the closer we got i was like (sighs) hearts pounding all the time and um i was extremely nervous because like high school like the start of high school is like huge for people and so i was like oh my god how's this gonna go and it's a strange concept throwing a bunch of 14 year olds with a bunch of 18 year olds you're like what's going on here it's weird (laughs) and so like and it's ironic so that's obviously the school i graduated from when i first got there though i was like oh this school's so big yeah. <laughs> it was massive compared to the school i was at for sure um and i don't have like a lot of i have like definitely a lot more memories going into high school but like i remember like my first class of the day it was freshman year like health class and I knew nobody. And of course, like the tables were set up for you to sit by someone. And I'm like, all these people already sat together. They have friends, like yeah. they know each other. And I sat with this, um, with this girl and we didn't really talk too much. And like, I had like, like there's people who like stick out in my memory who like, I remember to this day. And, um, like some of them I, I even became friends with later. Yeah. And, but I was terrified. Yeah. And like, I remember like those first few weeks, like I, kind of sat by myself like who were lunch. you in your previous school were you like uh like extroverted at all or oh god no <laughs> okay i was definitely so introverted. That was never your, no, per- no, no. your yeah persona. i was definitely introverted but like at least in my old school like i had a friend group like yeah, yeah. i had like even if my best friend wasn't there like i wasn't necessarily like, people's like i wasn't people's go-to person but like i had go-to people yeah so i never necessarily felt like left out of yeah. anything but like that like that transition to that new school was so it was life changing per se. Like yeah. I mean it really was though. It um like those first like couple months were really tough. I like got into a headspace and I'm like, I'm never gonna make good friends. Like everyone's friends with each other here because they grew through middle school together and I was like, How am I gonna fit myself in? And I'm like, I'm the new person and I had, like, expectations in my mind that, like, someone would come to me because, like, it yeah. wasn't like me to seek out friends. It's also a lot easier if someone comes to you. Right. You're like, oh, fantastic. And, um, but, like, it, I mean, like, it wasn't that, like, there were people, like, I would talk to, yeah. and but I wouldn't necessarily consider them friends. Right. And, uh, of course, the first, like, friend group I found myself with were, like... <laughs> not the greatest people because I was so timid and I that was also like my first real exposure to like teenage risk-taking behavior so like drinking and smoking weed and like going to parties and so like when those couple people kind of like started talking to me more and I was like okay like these are my friends yeah and this was freshman year freshman year and so like when we would hang out like I would get so I was terrified like of the idea of like drinking or smoking weed though yeah and that's what they did yeah and i was like oh my god and so like there was was there oh. was there a general like i'm trying not to lump people into buckets <laughs> um because like i was a little punk kid in high school mm-hmm. so there was like you know the punk kids and, right. the hippies yeah. and like like was there a general tone um <laughs> if you had yeah. if you had to name there a was... click that this group was most like from a it's not a very nice team team, movie. Justin. Oh. It, they were definitely seen as like, like they were this... white people that enjoyed rap a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so like, oh my god, yeah. Um, but they also were very like 
it was farm town so they were like the redneck partiers but also like the girls were seen as like so-called like very trashy mm-hmm. and which is like horrible to think about nowadays because like those girls were 14 years old and they were already labeled as like trashy yeah. just yeah. because like they enjoyed fun in a different way and, and then like, socially they just they were extroverted they had their friend group they knew a lot of people and, they and drank and stuff though they drank and they yeah. smoked weed yeah. and i like the couple times i hung out with them outside of school like i they never like made me do it yeah but um i think it was like the peer pressure of like well even though they're not telling me to like it's because they're doing it it's like unspoken peer pressure yeah i think that's the misunderstanding of peer pressure too is people think it's like some guy gonna be like you're gonna hit that joint or what loser and it's it's normally it's just like oh i clearly am and the excluded person here i want to fit in so i'm gonna do yeah and i remember like i um like when I would like expand more into their friend group and there were, there was like a guy I would try to talk to. And like, I remember like purposely going out of my way and saying me like, yeah, I drink all the time. And like, oh yeah, I, I smoke all the time. And like saying that, just trying to make myself feel like I fit in yeah. because I felt so out of place. And I like never felt more unlike myself during that time because I was like, obviously it's a period of discovery for anyone going into high school, but I was just like, I really don't know what I'm looking at, like looking at the the mirror right now. And like, there were so many situations that I was so uncomfortable with and, but like, I really tried to put myself out there because I was like, well, that's what, like, this is what they like to do for fun. So like, I have to try and like, I wish it went better. Like, I wish I could say that, like, it, like, I had better memories with that time period, but I'm just, like, I felt nothing but uncomfortable, and eventually, like, sophomore year came around, and I was still friends with them, but, like, I saw, I found myself shifting a little bit because I met a boy. As one does. (laughs) And, um, I had known him from the prior year in our French class, I would give him my sandwiches from lunch because my dad uh, would insist on making me lunch and he would make me salami and mustard sandwiches. And I'm like, this is great, but also like, I'm so tired of salami sandwiches. And there's this one boy in my French class who was like, a garbage disposal <laughs> he would eat anything and he was always complaining he was hungry and i'm like here i have a sandwich and it kind of just like became that thing that like then i got to a point where, like i'm gonna bring him my sandwich That's so then like that next year he became more of like a friend and i would talk to him like yeah. he was in a couple of my classes and like his friends were around and like i always thought they're really funny and they were like fun to be around and it was more shifting into like okay i think this is where i'm feeling more comfortable because i'm having fun and laughing and i'm not feeling uncomfortable yeah and that's what a (laughs) to have that observation of how you're feeling like to be checked into Uh, your like i wasn't aware of that at then but i knew that like it felt better (laughs) yeah like i knew just overall it was better can i pause the boy real quick Mm -hmm. and just i'm curious that freshman year group and like I don't know if you ventured into the experimenting with, with weed and alcohol at that point. Um, but what does that look like at home? Like what's your relationship like mm. with mom and dad when you're at this new high school? So at that point, because like my parents were, I don't know if I necessarily call them strict, yeah, but they were very much like, don't 
do like don't, don't underage up. drink like don't do <laughs> stupid shit yeah and so i knew already that like i definitely cannot talk to them about this like i was i the thing that's where like i became super secretive yeah. and i was um like i was most argumentative at my point like at that point in my life with my parents about things because i was sneaky and i wasn't sharing a lot or, like talking too much to them anymore and i think it did was you a weird shift for them this is a projection question but <laughs> when you say argumentative did you uh like get a specific tone to shut them down if they did ask you about stuff in order to get our parents away sometimes we can just like change our tone we're not actually upset or angry. yeah <laughs> just... i think i like looking back i was very i took more of like a dismissive tone like okay. i like if they'd ever asked me how i was doing i'd be like i'm fine it was always i'm fine and when they would push about it i'd get really mad and be like i don't know why you like you're asking me if i'm not fine like i told you i'm fine <laughs> And I, cause like also at the time, like even though like my friend group is experiencing like drinking and smoking all the time, like yeah. I was still way too terrified to yeah, like even sure. think about doing it. Um, like even ironically that friend group, I only, I say I, I smoked weed once with them. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was out of a Baja Blast Mountain Dew can where we, um, and I took one hit and I was like, <sighs> I was so terrified because I was like, what if I come home high? Because it was like before a football game. And I was like, oh, God, this is terrifying. So like that entire time I was with them, I never did anything like that. But it was more like what we would talk about, what we texted and like our like group chats we had. Gotcha. And it's not that like my mom would like want to see what we were talking about, but I felt like I just had to be more secretive about it. Yeah. So I knew I so could not let did? them know. Because then what if she found out? <laughs> yeah. What, uh, do you remember? I'm so curious now. Cause so I didn't, I didn't do anything drinking or otherwise, um, until almost until I was almost done with high school. And I remember very distinctly the first time I saw weed, I was so frightened. I was like, <laughs> I was like waiting for cops to just show up magically. Yeah. <laughs> do no, you remember the I, first time you saw? Like, yes, weed? because so it was with that friend group yeah. and this um, one of the girls, like it was her mom's weed that she stole, and I was like, oh my god, and it, <laughs> and it like we had like no like materials like we had yeah. no grinder we had no rolling papers we had not even like a little one hitter we, yeah. that's why we had a mountain dew can we poked little holes in it and we just lit a nug on fire and we were like this will work but i was like i looked at it and i was like oh my god and i'm like i think it was also the fact that like she stole it from her mom i was like oh my god double crime yeah. <laughs> and it, i was terrified but i was like they were all doing it and i was like Come on, Shay, you can do it. No big deal. You can do it. And I did it once and I was like, I'm okay. And every time they like, kept passing at me, I was like, oh, I'm good. Thank you. Straight, bro. I'm good. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was just curious. No, yeah. They no. They also like labeled me very much as like the timid and the shy one. Yeah. Because like I had never done any of that. And they yeah. knew that. And they were like, oh, Shay's the baby of the group. Like, oh. Did that feel like <laughs> I felt like demeaning in a way? Yeah, for sure. But like it I don't know. Like, I was okay with it because it gave me a place. Yeah. Even if it was, like, I don't know, like, downgrading in a way. Well, thanks for that side path. Hey, you're welcome. Let's go back to the boy. All right, let's get to the salami boy. Salami Sandwich Boy. All right, Salami Sandwich Boy. So, <laughs> Salami Sandwich Boy is still a friend. This is, like, fall of sophomore year. Another boy comes around. 
he was associated with that past friend group, but he was also a football player. So he was more into like, I would call him like a popular guy. Okay. He associated with them at least. And so he was one that I would probably consider like, um, like a first, like not like real boyfriend. Cause we never like put labels on it, but we were like very heavily talking. And it was like the first time I ever got like very like vulnerable with a boy. Yeah. And so like, I remember had like, feelings. I had feelings. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I like wore his football Jersey on game days. And then like, I, I mean, I also don't even remember what happened with him. I just know it like fell off. He like started dating this other girl or like he asked her to homecoming. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Bro, I'm wearing your jerseys. Yeah. And I was like, it was really hurtful. Fuck yeah. But then like, I think my attention started to shift to Salami Sandwich Boy. And I was like, he's so cute. And he was one, I think he was 100% labeled as like emo. Um, He had, hair in his eyes he was more into like the heavier metal instead of like you know my chemical romance um but it was very opposite of like what i was ever exposed to i was like this is something very new to me and i don't i'm like this is so cool though and i remember it got to a point where like my feelings really did start to shift and i was like okay i think i really like him there's something even if i like wasn't admitting it to myself yet there was something in me like subconsciously driving me to do things so like i remember there was a day I was like, uh, of course, kind of doing the same thing. Like we would text and I was, we would talk about interests. And of course I would like, he wore a lot of band t-shirts and I'd be like, I listen to them. <laughs> no fucking clue who they were. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I have that same, I have a shirt from that band too. I'm like, we should wear them together on Monday. And he's like, okay, cool. You're like and at the mall trying to find I them. went to the Hot Topic. <laughs> I went to Hot Topic uh-huh. and I found myself a Parkway Drive t-shirt. Nice. And I was like, okay, perfect. I'm good. And I we wore it. And there's a picture circular, circulating around somewhere of us together wearing it. it is, we look so awkward because we both were just extremely awkward people. Yeah. And uh, like... I don't know. We keep talking. We talked for like eight months and I got to a point where I was like, okay, I want things to go f- like further. I want there you to be a label. Kiss me or what? I want there to be a label. Yeah. And it was like March. Uh, I still remember it was March 18th. Oh. And he, we were, we got into a habit of like staying after school together, like to work on homework, but just as an excuse, like to tell our parents, like we have homework to do, but we would just hang out at the, like in the library. Yeah. And, so I remember the day it was like right. He was like walking me out because my dad, my dad just texted me. He was there and I was like, oh, I got to go. And then I could tell he was like really nervous. And as I was walking out, he just blurted out, do you want to be my girlfriend? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. And, you know, very just like yeah, super adorable cutesy. Teenage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And I got into my dad's truck and I was just smiling. He was like, you all right? I'm like, hmm. And I don't think I told my parents about him until like maybe a, a couple weeks later. And um, they like knew about him. They knew I talked about him. Yeah. And but they didn't know like we were Dad's official. like, that's where all my salami sandwiches went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, and so like 
but throughout that time though he was introducing me to his friend group and that is where i like met some of my best friends throughout the rest of high school and discover any good bands um oh my gosh yeah my music (laughs) interest shifted so much and i'm so glad it did it feels so much more like I can tell, like, when people ask about my music tastes, I feel, like, cultured. When I say, like, oh, yeah, I know about them. Like, I listen to all kinds of music because I genuinely did. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, we, like, bonded over. And that, oh, just a fun little tidbit. That's when I was getting out of One Direction. I thought that was embarrassing. Fucking One Direction. Because, yeah, because people thought, like, saw it. It was like, oh, my God, what kind of person are you? <laughs> Fanboy over boy band? And so I was like, I don't listen, I don't, I don't listen to One Direction. Can't talk about but like this. I, I um, and that really set the tone for like the rest of high school. Like I had a fantastic friend group, and we had a lot of like we had all of our firsts together. Like I drank for the first time with them. It was a huge joke in our friend group because it was me <laughs> and four other girls, um, together, and we. I think it was one of our, like, one of my friend's older sisters bought us a party pack of Mike's Hard. (laughs) And so we all had three. And we were like, oh, my God, we're so drunk. (laughs) Just placebo effect taking full, like, effect. (laughs) Three of those for a teenager has never drank before. I mean, for a teenager, also, like, (laughs) when I was, like, younger, I was tiny. I was, like, 120 pounds soaking wet. Still tiny. (sighs) Thank you. Um... (laughs) But so like that, they affected me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was always like a big, fr- like it became a joke in our friend group. We're like, oh, you got drunk over three mics, and <laughs> and we all like that's when it's like we live in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to do yeah. when you get to a certain age. So like you just you drink and you smoke weed, and that like that's when I truly like smoked weed for the first time was with that friend group. Field and I felt parties. Comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I think was the big thing was that like I. Still sneaking around, still never telling my parents about anything that was going on. I always just told them, like, oh, I'm going to Izzy's to spend the night. And that was always the house we went to to, like, do all those things. Does your little sister know what you're doing? Uh, no, 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 no. No? No. Um, definitely not. Oh, I'd always try to get my brother in trouble. I'd find out what he was doing. Like, no, because I... smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was terrified to still bring it, like, anywhere close to my home. Yeah. Um... But, and then, so, a big other part of my life, though, is that, so, like, obviously, my sister also started this school, and she's doing her own thing, um, but, like, my freshman year is when her health started to decline, Okay. and so, she had mono, and then after that, it triggered something we had no clue about for two years, and she had horrible health, um, can you elaborate so, on that at all? So for um, two years, that meant they went to countless doctors trying to figure out what was going on. She was always sick all the time, like flu-like symptoms all the time. She was like super lethargic and um, she had like joint pain and like a lot of very just like unusual symptoms. Yeah. And so Especially for, for someone that age. That's... Yeah. She was God, 11, yeah. 10, 11. Yeah. And so... Um, after like a couple years, like in a lot of like hospital visits and like ER trips, um, a rheumatologist is like, Hey, I think she has this rare autoimmune disease called Bichette's. And they're like, Oh my God, that's it. And so I, um, I actually have a lot of 
um because like I feel like that's a topic that like came up a lot of like what's it like living with a chronically ill sister and like kind of being put on the back burner a bit because so much of my parents attention was to her because like yeah understandably she's not doing well they don't know what the fuck is going on with their young kid and do you think that played into how you were talking about earlier like how you would respond to your parents and just be like i'm fine very short very like for sure like there's just built-in resentment there because you're a teen and even if i like didn't necessarily recognize it as resentment there was something there that like i just like felt like i wasn't like I didn't need to tell them about how I was doing because I had so much to worry about. Yeah. And so like, cause I, I remember like on my 16th birthday, my parents had to take my sister to the ER cause she was having like a flare up with her health. And my grandma took me to like our local bar and girl to have a burger. And that was how I spent my birthday. And like, I was really like, I think that's why it was like the first time I ever also had a surprise party like that a couple weeks later because my parents felt bad about the circumstances they tried to make it up to me like yeah. a lot um, that's hard for like everybody involved it was, it was <laughs> so hard I, like everyone's getting the short end of the stick in that yeah. situation yeah um it was incredibly difficult and like it got a lot easier i think like once they had like concrete answers about what was going on yeah. and like management like there's no cure or like set treatment for it because it's so rare and there's no like FDA approved treatment. It's just like treat the symptoms and see how it goes. Yeah. So like for the rest of high school, that's how I knew my sister. And I mean, so to this day as someone who just like doesn't have concrete answers all the time. And like some, like she's just, it's trial and error with medications and like, hopefully this one works. Is there a level of kind of helplessness that comes along with that as the like older sister, like yeah. there's things that you can't protect her from. Um, it I think it I feel like that's when like I really started to like feel myself like getting distanced from her because I really felt like I was like I don't know what to do like I feel so out of place in this relationship now because there's so much going on that I can't help with yeah and I think that's like like I look at like our relationship now and I think that's what like really took a toll on like I would feel so guilty to like blame her health as to why we aren't close but like I think it definitely played a part in it now you're both kids Mm -hmm. like that's that's tough and then it's i think it's easier to look back and reframe like oh this might be like why i felt that way but at the time at the time it's just confusing yeah lizard brain teenager man Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah 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 that's hard yeah but i mean i think that's i think i'm very lucky that i was able to find the friend group that i did when all that was happening at home yeah because i think i would have felt a lot more lonely yeah you were able you found your support somewhere else yeah which is good because you weren't getting the support from the other friend group right oh my god no (laughs) last thing i wanted to talk about was like serious stuff at home yeah but no like i i was very lucky to have that because like all those like first as a teenager i got to talk about with my friends because also they're like also like the socially unacceptable ones to talk about with your mom like the first time you have sex and the first time you drink and the first time you smoke weed and like the first time you like sneak out or stuff like that i don't know like a lot of like milestones what was your relationship like because i know i mean i assume you're a girl your mom like that would be if there was someone you were going to talk to it would be your mom but then you have this whole relationship with your dad where he's the one when you're a kid like at home with you mm-hmm. he's making your lunches is there a part of you that's like i'd tell i'd tell dad stuff 
or is it just like definitely not because he's a guy and like... ironically yeah it took more of like the latter so like yeah. even though he was a stay-at-home dad and i spent more time with him i wasn't as close with him yeah. like there were definitely things i'm like i'm not gonna tell him because he's a guy and like yeah. that's kind of weird to talk about period time dad yeah <laughs> and but like even though like me and my mom like fought a lot yeah. but i still like at that point time in my life i've still felt close to her though so like there were some things that i could talk about her with yeah. and um so like it i don't know it was like an interesting relationship like i wasn't as close with my dad but like i was always fighting with my mom but like i would still go to her the next day and be like i'm really upset about this i want to talk about this where do you think that comes from <sighs> i don't know justin i don't know it's a counselor and you come <laughs> give me like nine more sessions um <laughs> And then is college on the radar already getting uh, to the end of high school? Yeah. So end of high school. Um, like, is I, that the expectation? Yeah. Okay. So like I, high school is when I discovered that I really was fascinated by psychology. Um, What's, I, what sprung that? Uh, I took a psychology class. Was it the material, the teacher or the or combo? Uh, probably both because okay. I was so fascinated. I was more like, I loved yeah, just like how our brain works and how we can create such crazy things. And, um, I like it really fascinated me. It was something I was like so into learning about. It was like one of the first AP classes I took was AP psychology. Yeah. Um, failed that test. <laughs> uh, but I loved it though. Like I was like, yeah, I wanted to learn. I took all the courses we had available about psychology same teacher through all of them so i felt like i also like that was a teacher i had a teacher i had a bond with yeah. which is so cool and um so like college was on the radar i knew i was gonna go to a community college before do a couple years there and then transfer to university is that just cost related cost related mainly because yeah. like, if you're taking ap classes i'm guessing you could yeah. you wouldn't have an issue getting into a university i took one ap class just yeah, yeah i didn't take any <laughs> <laughs> but like i like we knew and like i was okay with it like we did could not afford to do a four-year university yeah, yeah. like all four years so um i had went to mock community college in flint and um my so salami sandwich boy um we were still dating at that point um he, going on a few years at that point. yeah um he went to ferris state and so that was kind of hard because it was the first time in our lives that, like he was really far away. Yeah. Because um, I was also at home. Um, so we saw each other like maybe once a month, maybe once every like twice a month if I was able to. Yeah. Um, but also community college is where I met my best friend to this day. Absolute best friend. Um and I met a lot of really great people there. Um, had a really positive experience there. And um, that's good. Yeah. You did two years stayed, there? Yeah, two years there. Yeah. Got like an associate's degree in like general studies, just to say I did something. Yeah, I got one of those somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's around here. Um, and me and Slimy Sandwich Boy are still going strong. Uh, and then, so 2019 comes around, transfer over to CMU for my junior and senior year. 
Why Central? Curiosity. So after, so like the advisor at my community college like, is what, I just like Chippewas. Yeah. Duh. Uh, <laughs> the advisor is who helped me figure out like which college would be best to transfer to. And I was so lucky that my community college had so many like direct transfer programs with oh, a yeah. lot of universities. And one of them was Central. And they're like, they have a really good psychology program because that's what you're interested in. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, one of my professors I took a developmental psych class with, she went there. And she was like, I loved it there. I think you should apply. She's like, I would write you a recommend, like, letter of recommendation. And so that's where I decided to go. And I loved it. Um, except, you know, I started fall of 2019. But what came in spring of 2020, Justin? COVID. What was it? Oh, that. COVID. <laughs> so I just had a semester in the dorms because I had to do a year on campus yeah, yeah. Um, to like, I had a scholarship for that. So I had to fulfill those needs. Um, so I was in the dorm for a semester. Um, and then, you know, we had winter break, came back for like a month. Spring break came around. They're like, guess what everyone nobody's coming back yeah. <laughs> everything's going online yeah. um and so i feel like because of that it made it really hard to make friends um because my best friend from community college she went to u of m uh ann arbor so mm. we were very apart far apart yeah. um a couple of friends i did make they were i don't know there was like significant experiences with them but like i look at them now and i'm like they were never relevant enough to be like to talk about enough like i had mm. shitty roommate the situation with them like the following year we got an apartment together because the only people i knew and i didn't want to live on campus um and i don't know they were subpar <laughs> there was very much a situation like didn't know who i was getting involved with until i was living with them yeah. and i was like oh this sucks um me and Salami Sandwich Boy are still together. Okay. Um, going strong. He, I was a lot closer to him when I moved to CMU. Yeah. CMU and Ferris were 45 minutes away. So um, while I was living in my uh, off-campus apartment, I went to his house a lot. because. And this is like 21? Fall, fall 2020. Oh, okay. Getting into 2021. Okay. Yeah, so like my senior year. Because you were off-campus until what? Fall of 2020 or... Mm, yeah because we it was spring so of 2020 when everyone and... got like kicked off of campus per se yeah. and i was living at home through that a crazy time to be in college oh my god no so i spent my last year of college all online yeah. um and even though like people were going back to in-person classes fall 2020 i was like i have a immune compromised sister and i was like i want to go home and see my family so i took everything online uh, and maybe went in person once for one class what's what's life like when you first pre-covid uh, when you first move out like and you're not at home oh, anymore Justin. and you're at you're, what mount pleasant and you're just uh yeah what is tell me tell me about that first little bit of so not i not dad's roof anymore i loved it <laughs> Yeah. Because it was, I was, it was my first time being away from home. And I um, had that new sense of freedom. Um, but that is where, like, a huge riff with me and my mom kind of started. Okay. My mom had a really, I, I mean, like, it was never, this is all speculation still to this day. Uh, I think she just had a really hard time with, like, you know, first child leaving the home. Yeah. And, like, that's a big thing. Um, and she took to it really poorly. And, um, like if I like didn't come home off, I don't know, to her liking, there was a lot of fights because of it. There was a lot of discourse. 
Did you guys have, and like, tell me shut up, but <laughs> did you guys have a kind of a lack of boundaries at all? Like, did you have a friend slash sister relationship in any way where she kind of relied on you? Um, maybe to vent or maybe to like. I, so like when I was at home, it was very much like it was a mother-daughter relationship and never okay. got into those like weird blurred lines of like my mom's a friend and it's so, like but we definitely felt close yeah. and but i think it wasn't until after i moved out and i saw like the implications it had in our relationship that i realized that like i think she really relied on me to be able to do things like you said like vent and be able to like come to me with her problems and really talk about it yeah. and i wasn't there anymore and i like, it was a very interesting dynamic at the time. And, um, it, I don't know, I never, re I think, like, that's when, like, all that really started. And I have never really had a solid relationship with her since. And you're 20 at that point? Yeah, I'm 20, yeah. 20, 20, 21. So, um, I don't know, it was really tough, because, like, I didn't anticipate having, like, like seeing me and my mom having a relationship like that where like we fought all like genuinely fought all the time yeah. or like had disagreements like that like i thought we we're gonna have like a good relationship forever i think that's what everybody thinks right <laughs> yeah like it just at least you hope it, it went against like expectations set by society basically yeah, yeah and i had a really hard time with it like i it really wasn't up until like like this past year where I kind of like got to a point where I was like, okay, like I have done as much as I can to try to mend whatever this is. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, I felt so guilty. That was a, that was a huge, like, like dominating feeling was guilt Yeah. that like I was causing my mom this much pain, but I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. All I did was move out. Yeah. Gotta live your own life. It was really hard, especially like so. Then come graduation, um, graduated in um, spring of 2021, and um, moved back home for about two months, three months, and I immediately already like aligned my job, aligned myself with a job in Royal Oak. Okay. I was living in BFE Lapeer County, <laughs> yeah. so I had an hour and a half commute, one way. Um, which was so not fun, but um, I loved it. And me and Salami Sandwich Boy were still together, and we moved in. Into we finally got a place for ourselves in Rochester. Okay. Um, so we both moved down there because he um, he got a job at a company in Warren. So we we're like, this is that feels like a good location, and um, it was like everything was going great. I loved my job, loved everything that was going on relationship with my mom got even rockier because now i was like officially moved out of the house yeah um i don't know what's your relationship like with your dad after you move out i stayed the same yeah like i think if anything we got closer my dad was very much like the peacekeeper in the okay. home he always was like if he knew me and my mom are fighting every now and then he'd be like you know your mom's really upset about this and i'm like dad and i'm like but i talked to her about this and like i really tried to do my part and he'd always just be like, okay. And he's probably having the same conversations with her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, I don't 
know, I feel like our relationship, like, it got stronger. Yeah. I think because he, he was one of the only people I felt like I could actually, like, tell them how I was feeling about a situation and just listen mm-hmm. instead of think about, well, I feel this way. And which is how it was with me and my mom. Like, I, if I told her how I felt about a situation that she had opposing opinions about, then, like, all she could focus on was how different our opinions were and yeah. not be, like, my daughter's feeling hurt. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that, it was, I don't know, like, it was better. It was fine. But it wasn't, like, as good as it could have been. How often are you talking to your sister at this point when you're... Uh, I was trying to talk to her more because I know that, like she, that's when she started to really feel lonely. Well, she's in the house, right? She's so in the house. Yeah. Um, and so I was trying to talk to her like I my communication honestly kind of sucks, especially with my family. Uh, I was it was like maybe once a week I would like call her and like we would talk for a while or like Facetime. Yeah. So like I even if I knew I wasn't texting her, I was still like communicating with her. Yeah, but. I don't know. And then, like, at that, like, when we, I finally moved on to Rochester, and, like, it solidified my move out of the house, I know, like, that really, um, like, it didn't hurt her because of, like, my actions. It was more just, like, it felt like the loss of a sister because, you know, like, big sister moved out. Yeah. And now it's just her at home. And, like, at the point when I moved out, she had already graduated high school. But, like, because of her health and because of, like, new things coming up with it, like, she was unfortunately, like, unable to, like, go, like, she, her last two years of high school were online because she couldn't go to school. Um, like, she couldn't withstand a day. She had no energy. And so, like, she didn't have, like, typical experiences like I did. Yeah. And I know, like, I think seeing me have those typical experiences, like, really put a damper on her mood a lot. And so, yeah. like, sometimes, like, I felt bad, like, talking about my life to her. Like, I... I didn't want to, like, I felt like I was walking on eggshells because I didn't want to upset her. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And I think sometimes I still feel that way because I know she, like, those are still feelings that are still present because yeah. she... It's not that long ago. It wasn't that long ago, no. And she, I know she, like, she still lives at home and that's something she is, like, really upset about. So what? when's the decision, like, oh, I'm going to go get a master's degree? Um, <laughs> so when I was in college, okay, so I got my bachelor's in psychology. At the time, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get my PhD in clinical psychology. And uh, then I kind of, like, looked into it, and I was like, "Mm, well, PhD program is kind of long. And I was like, maybe I'll, um, you know, I made the decision to defer for a year. So I was like, I want to spend my time working, get some experience, and then figure out what I want to do. I knew I wanted to get a master's or a PhD in something. Yeah. I just I thought it was gonna be psychology. Um, so f- spring of or like winter spring of twenty twenty two, I started applying to like looking at master's programs, looking at requirements, and I'm like, all right, this is my time. And I started looking at different colleges around. And because we lived in Rochester, I was like, oh, well, Oakland University is right, right there. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I was still on the fence. I'm like, do I want to do an online program? Or do I want to go in person? Yeah. And um, so and I started looking at requirements for, like, matches in psychology. And I was like, I don't meet those requirements. What did you – because psychology, and, I mean, you know this 
at this point if you didn't before, but like it's it's a very you do very different things with that degree typically than you do. Yeah, yeah. like chances are you gonna you want to do like research. And I wanted to, to be a clinical psychologist. Like I wanted to practice. Like I wanted to work. I knew I wanted to work with people. I knew that okay. much. Um, but when I had started looking at different master's programs for psychology, because I was like, okay, I'll get a master's and then I'll get a PhD. And I was like, I don't meet those requirements. Because, like, last year of COVID with my bachelor's, I, like, didn't do as well as I wanted to with my GPA. Yeah. And, like, it was mainly just GPA that I really saw. I was like, oh, my God, I don't meet these requirements because, like, I clearly don't even have a good enough GPA. And, like, a lot of people, like, they had professors they could reach out to for letters of recommendation or they had, like, volunteer opportunities during college or, like, things like that. But I'm like, I didn't have that because I didn't have the chance to, like, get to know my professors or like network or like get involved in like different opportunities like that and so I felt so disadvantaged I was like and I really went through like a little mini crisis because like oh my god what am I gonna do I can't get into a program this is what I was gonna do with my life yeah and so I started I think like the idea of like I don't know how I even came across it but like counseling came around i was like all right what's counseling what are these losers what are these what is this what's the difference (laughs) and so i kind of like looked i like did a lot of googling like difference between psychology and counseling and um uh i looked at the requirements for like the two programs of masters in counseling i was looking at and i was like i barely meet these requirements (laughs) i was like it's like minimum 3.0 gpa i had a 2.9 when i graduated and i was like okay I think I could do this. Just like apply. Cause like, um, okay. So, uh, little fun, little, uh, add in, um, at this time I am a fiance to Slammy Sandwich Boy. Slammy Sandwich Boy. Uh, so sophomore year. Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, he had, uh, proposed fall of 21. Well, after we moved in. So anyways, so I'm a fiance at that point. And he was like, you know, like, it's okay. He's like, the last thing, like, most of the time they don't even look at transcripts or, like, how good you did. They just want to make sure that, like, you know what you were doing and it was relevant. And so I was like, okay. So I applied for OU's program and I also applied for Central, Central had an online program for clinical and mental health counseling. And uh, CMU, I was like, okay, like, maybe I have a better chance of getting in because, like, that's my alma mater. And um, so they had, like, a, like, a like an info session online. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to attend that. And this was before, or like after I submitted both my applications for both programs, hadn't heard anything back. Um, and so CMU's info session, they, people were talking about it and they had asked like, oh, like, is it ACA accredited? And I'm like, what is ACA? And they were like, no, it's not accredited, but we're working on it. And I was like, I don't know how relevant accreditation is, but I feel like that's important. And, um, CMU, they had offered me an interview, but then so did OU. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to do the interview with CMU. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I want to do an online program. I don't yeah. think I'm disciplined enough. I'm like, I did two years of CMU online. CMU is not accredited? I think they are now. Okay. They weren't at the time though. Got it. So, um, but, uh, so I go through with OU's interview and, uh, thrown off when it was a group interview yeah i uh, hated that I had six <laughs> other people yeah um ironically five out of those six are still here yeah so that was pretty cool Ooh. 
five out of the six. So curious about the sixth one. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and then I got my acceptance letter and I was like, holy shit, it's happening. Yeah. And it was really like that first semester when I started learning more about like what counseling is. I was like, oh, I made the right decision. Like this is definitely what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, life is going great. So I start my program that following fall. Met you. This guy. Yeah, that guy. That super loud, tall guy. See? Um... And I am in the the throes of wedding planning. Um, it was that was a lot. That's a whole. Other I like thing. that that I got to hear that the meet cute story out of context because now I get to look back yeah. at it and go, oh, um, how did he propose? Oh, uh, <laughs> so we went to Tennessee as our first out of state trip. We went to. Um, Gallenberg, which I will never go to again. I honestly despise it, but we wanted to go because of the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, that was like our appeal, and we we're like, okay, well, Gatlinburg is like the closest town to stay in. We we're like, oh my god, this sucks. So um, but we were hiking up a mountain, fucking awful. Uh, I was dying all the time. Not I got a fan. To, I mean, like, I loved it. I love hiking and camping, but I was it was my first time like hiking with true elevation gain, and yeah. I was like, my legs are not made for this. Uh, and we get to the top, we get, there's like a waterfall and I'm sweating, trying to catch my breath. And I look over and he's like, Hey, here's this ring. <laughs> oh, he wasn't holding a salami sandwich. No, he was, oh my God. You know how funny that would have been? Big qual- callback. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no salami sandwich, but there, um, he's holding out a ring and, um, he asked me to marry him yeah. and I was like, <gasps> And even though, like, we had been talking about it, and I was like, we know we wanted to get married. We, I just didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And, like, there's a couple behind us. They're like, oh, my God, congrats. And, like, do you want to take your picture? So there's a picture of us with, like, me, me in the ring, like, in front of the waterfall. Like, and I just caught my breath right yeah, before this Yeah, I was picture. so... <laughs> I was so glad I wore a hat because I was so sweaty. My hair was just like sticking to me. Yeah. <laughs> There's mosquitoes everywhere. It was so bad. So like the pictures don't show that at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, he proposed yeah. my grandmother's ring. Oh, wow. Very sentimental. My aunt was pissed that I got the ring and she did not, even though she's married. Um, so he talked to your parents beforehand? Oh, yeah. my um, Both my parents knew. My best friend knew. Um, and my, <laughs> my best friend was like, I don't know how you didn't know. And I'm like, I'm oblivious. Yeah. Clearly he was very sneaky. Which I know that good. conversation. That's a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. Talking to the parents. Uh, my, so like, <laughs> uh, rewind a bit Uh-oh. when, uh, you know, slimy sandwich boy first met my parents. Uh, <laughs> my dad claimed he was going to be like the scary dad, the, the one who was like, don't hurt my daughter. And <laughs> he walked in wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt. My dad was like, oh, you like Led Zeppelin? That's so cool. And they immediately hit it off. They're best friends. Um, so like my dad, like when he asked him, um, he like didn't ask like for permission, but he was like, I'm yeah. going to propose to Shay. Yeah. And he was like, fucking finally he's like i'm so excited he's like i basically already consider you a son-in-law he's like now we're official so it was it also just felt really good knowing that like i had such a good relationship that my parents loved too yeah oh for sure yeah even if i was like getting to a point in my life where i was like i don't care what my parents think i have my own opinion yeah and like 
but it felt good knowing that like he was so welcome and like he was already part of the family for so long so that's awesome it was awesome but but yeah so forward to and here we are first fall (laughs) then i'm i got married and now i'm here it's crazy year from now being internship that's wild it sneaks up on you man it sneaks up on you good oh my Um, gosh well yeah i mean we're current is there anything i didn't ask you about Mm. oh i have things i wrote down some things oh my god okay um i I should have brought these see this is why it's good to interrupt because now let's talk about something you mentioned an hour ago um (laughs) being in the middle of grad school having graduated with your bachelor's have you at any point been able to reflect on the fact that your mom finished school while you were a kid and been like that's pretty fucking cool because like can you imagine doing any of the schooling with the with a kid at the same time <laughs> um, i i i know like that's something i definitely thought about like not necessarily like in my master's program but just like in general i'm just like that is like when i once i got to college and I recognized how much work it was. I was like, yeah. I cannot imagine being in nursing school yeah. and like clinicals while yeah. having a toddler. Yeah. Like that is so much work. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I knew, I'm like, that's badass of her. Yeah. And I commend her for that. Um, but like I, I haven't reflected on it as much. But I know that just like in general, I was like, I, I recognize that. And I'm like, yeah. that is so cool of her. And like I could never, yeah, <laughs> that no, could I, not be me. Yeah, my mom went to OCC and got her associates when me and my brother were. My brother might have been a teenager at that point. I wasn't, but I was just like, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you about something you said in passing, kind of, but you're talking about you didn't have to like have the attention in the friend group because everyone you could just kind of sit back in the background kind of mm-hmm. maybe I'll run into something behind me as I <laughs> um do you still feel like the main character of your own story or do you feel more like a background character <laughs> I think there's still moments where like I look at the friends that I have made and sometimes like I feel like like I'm a main character of my own story, but I don't necessarily feel like a like good enough like supporting actor in like anyone else's. Well, that is a nice metaphor. Thank you. <laughs> um, like you're not pulling your weight in the relationship. I don't know if it's not that I'm like pulling my weight, but I just feel like I'm like I know people consider me a friend, but I don't know like if I if they would consider me like a great friend or like okay. the one that they re- like I don't consider myself as like the one that people are always reaching out to really keep like the friend group I had at my first job out of college. Like I still talk to them, like still great friends. We still get together even though I don't work there. But like I am, I, even when I was there, like I didn't find myself like a part of the friend group. Like I felt like I was just like there and like someone they liked, even though that's like so self-deprecating. Yeah. But I, relate very much to that yeah. and i have a lot of thoughts on that and i'll and give I you like three podcast episodes to uh, listen to. no um. I, I still find myself <laughs> doing it like i think because of like how i grew up with friends and like how my friendships still look like i like when my best friend like best friend's still best friend no matter what yeah. when she talks about like the friends that she has and there's like mo- like, like there's really a small parts of me that i'm like 
I can't help it, but like I'm a little jealous because yeah. I'm like I I want like I feel like a little kid. I'm like I want all her attention, yeah. and I'm like, but she has like she's so extroverted, and I love that for her. But then like sometimes like I get like really insecure and i'm like yeah. what if i like no longer i'm like her best friend i'm like what if she finds someone better because yeah. i'm like i feel like i haven't like i don't know like i'm a great like i consider myself a fantastic friend to people like i yeah. go out of my way for so much and i would do anything for any of my friends it doesn't matter how close we are like i just that's just who I am. But, like, sometimes I feel like it's not reciprocated. And, like, there are days where, like, that really gets to me still. And then I question everything. And it's I've hard. That rabbit hole oh, my gosh. Times. It's not fun. Um, the only thing I will say, and this is 100% applies to me. I don't think I know you well enough to even guess uh, if this would apply to you. But for me, <laughs> um, I would look at my friend's friends, like the friendships that my friends had with other people and a, it looked so easy and effortless and B it looked closer than I am with that friend. And I was just like, what, what the hell? <laughs> and I always wanted to be like that person that, you know, if you need to call me three in the morning and like, be like, Hey, like I'm going to be that person. I'm happy to be that person. And I couldn't figure it out. And it took me a very, 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 very long time. Um, too long. Uh, <laughs> a year ago. Um, but <laughs> what I have like come to the conclusion about, again, for me. <laughs> is so many conclusions. <laughs> that I, I wanted this really deep, close connection with these people. But I was not willing to give that part of me because I was protecting myself. So I was not, I was not the vulnerable one. If shit got deep, like I'm going to joke world instead of like deep world. Um, and that's just like who I've been. And when I was younger, it was how I protected myself, but then it's just like how I maintained relationships. And then one day I was like, Oh, I'm not getting that from people. Cause I'm not fucking giving that to people. Mm. And that was a very hard truth. And, um, I spent a lot of time trying to just be like, this is who I am now and hoping that people recognize that and change on their own accord. Um, and I think I've built strong relationships with people I've met since I've changed how I come how I show up in friendships, mm -hmm. um, which is like mostly people that we've met in school and like some people I've met in the last couple of years. But yeah, all the people I've known since fucking high school it's it's hard to reintroduce yourself to someone that's known you for 20 years oh um God. but again that's that was my shit but i like that's what you were saying i was like yeah that's how my fucking brain worked with all of those and it still does yeah. like if i see people together i'm like how come because it just looks so fucking easy and i'm like is it is it is there something you guys don't like no one's telling me um yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah. It? I know I definitely still have moments like that where, like, I look at my current friends and, like, even, like, the interactions between my friends with each other. I'm like, yeah. wow, that looks, like, closer than, like, what I feel like I have. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Or, like, right. And I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. But I'm like, 
I'm like, more than likely, though, I'm like, I, there's probably a part of me that's like holding myself back. And maybe I just haven't gotten to that point of like recognizing what it is. Yeah. Maybe like, not. I, I, like, I don't know. I think like. It, yeah, I didn't mean that as like, no, so here's what I think. You're like, yeah, this is how it's going to be for you. <laughs> no, I know that. But like, I think like, because I make myself like, I allow myself to be vulnerable in friendships and like, I want myself to be genuine. And like, I saw these insecurities to this day and yeah. I'm like, I don't know, there's probably something down in there that I'm just like waiting for the day <laughs> where someone, up. someone says something right and it triggers it. And I'm like, Oh my God, there it is. <laughs> It'll come. Yeah. Just keep talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing I wrote down, which is, is funny to say, cause it's, it's strange to ask somebody that's, like mid twenties, what do you feel about nostalgia? <laughs> Cause I get a vibe from you that you, and, and if you're not, you will be like a very nostalgic person. And I'm wondering if that checks. Oh out. yeah. <laughs> okay. 100%. Especially now that I work with teenagers and they talk about like what's trendy nowadays. And I'm like, well, back in my day, <laughs> uh, you know, back in 2010, um this is like what was trendy then and like i no, i'm a very nostalgic person like i um i have every day i'm being reminded of like the things that like used to bring me so much joy and yeah. like of simpler time like simpler times when i was fucking eight do you uh, find comfort in that stuff oh yeah yeah for sure like i <laughs> every now and then like especially with like a like i'll buy myself like fruity pebbles and i'm like oh the memories <laughs> Even though, like, I barely even eat cereal as it is. But I'm like, I like it. It brings me back to a good time, though. Like, Uh, I find myself reaching out. Cereal's good. (laughs) Like, I find myself reaching out to nostalgia, especially, like, in my bad days when I, like, need that, like, reminder of, like, when things were good. Because I'm like, right now, everything fucking sucks. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know what's positive about right now. So I go to the past. And I'm like, okay, this is good. It's like a happy little bubble. I get that. Um, well, I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Shay Leogio. Um, I, it's so funny. We talked about friendship at the end there. And I related to what she was saying, and and I think she was on the same page as me. And this was before we all, uh, we have like a group of us from school that get together now, and we all kind of had a shared sentiment after that, where I think this this bucket that we're talking about that's not getting filled, um, or where we feel a sense of being like left out or like you know, where friendship isn't, uh, I don't know, reaching the peaks that we see it reach with other people. We all kind of collectively agreed that it, it is with, with this group. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to describe on a podcast. Um, <laughs> and, but, it, but yeah, it was really great to talk to her. And I, I love this little series of my, my friends and cohorts from school and it's just such a magical thing to be in 
an education program that promotes vulnerability and openness and teaches you how to create an environment of listening and no judgment and empathy because what ends up happening is you learn how to create really great relationships. I mean, the flip side is that is, is it really puts a magnifying glass on all of your pre-established relationships, but the relationships you're able to create with the people that are all learning those same skills and, and, uh, theories and all that fun stuff is really remarkable. And I feel very, very fortunate to know the people that I know. So that's just my two cents. Um, and <laughs> I, I have an admission to make, and I blame this partially on Shay, but I don't know her husband's name. I only know him as Salami Sandwich Boy. And she sent me a picture. I'll get her okay uh, if I can post it or not um, of the two of them in high school wearing those band t-shirts. You want to know what makes me feel not cool? I don't know who the fuck that band is. <laughs> I was waiting to hear some band that I was like, oh yeah, I know that band. Nope. Nope. What is it? Parkway drive or something? I don't know, man. I got nothing. Uh, indie bands really took off in a direction that I did not follow. And I'll, anybody that's out there, I'll tell you what, this is a public service announcement to anybody um, coming of age or anyone in their early twenties it's about right now you still have that friend that is introducing you to new music. And I got to tell you, one day that's going to stop happening. <laughs> so you really have to make an effort to either find a new friend that will introduce you to new music or be that person. Though I will tell you to be that person is it can be a lot of work. Um, uh, I find new music still and I like doing that and it brings me joy, but I don't typically share it with people cause that's the part that takes a lot of work. Um, unless you, you know, there, those people that introduce you to new music, they seem to have this sixth sense, sixth sense, uh, where you can pick out like the banger off the album and it's some indie album and nobody knows it. And, uh, you're the only one of anyone you know that knows this fucking album and you're able to find that one song on there that whoever you play it for, they're like, oh, this is a fucking great song. Who's this? And that person, that is a very specific talent. On that same note, if you are that person, oh, just keep doing it, man. I don't know. I, it's probably hard for you too. It's probably a lot of work, but figure it out. Keep going. You are helping so many people. Uh, that goes for you, Ian Louise and Awe, who is most definitely not listening to this, but was a guest in the first season. He was my person uh, for a long time, introducing me to new music. So much really, really, really good music. Stuff that I hold dear and listen to regularly still today, decades later. Um, yeah find that person. If you want Rex, that's cool talk for recommendations. 
I will happily make a playlist for you. I'm not sure how I'll do it yet. I grew up in a time of mixtapes and mix CDs. Um, I think when I finally got out of making stuff for people, I was like cultivating MP3s on a flash drive. So I don't know. I guess I would have to make like a Spotify playlist. Oh, I love doing that though. I love introducing shit to people. I can occasionally find bangers. It's true. Uh, but also, I think to some degree you got to like what I like, which lately is a lot of uh, female indie pop rock stuff. I don't know. Then there's a bunch of shit from like the 90s and 2000s that I always love introducing people to because it never got any bigger than it was. So I guarantee you don't know who it is. And they're just good songs. I'm also big on vocals. I would encourage that too. I'm, and first of all, <laughs> if, uh, again, Shay, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I know this is your episode, but this is the part of the episode where I have just really gone off the rails. But on the note of, of music, it took me so long to figure this out, right? So I, if you know me, I, I play guitar, I write songs. I've Music has always been like a big part of me. Um, and I've, I've wrestled with that. That's another episode. We'll go into that. But all that to say, I never knew like what it was I liked. And so people would always fucking recommend stuff to me. And God, they failed in those recommendations so many times. And it literally wasn't until, I don't know, the last, like, let's say last five years. It could be last year. It could be four years ago, but... Still got that COVID timeline. Um, 2024, fuck. Five years ago is 2019. That's nutty. Moved into this house at that point. Anyway, I like vocals. I like good, melodic vocals. I like harmonies. And then if you can throw that in front of good music, that's my jam. So don't come at me with some recommendation for some guy that's like, because I don't care. Um, uniqueness is important, sure. But like, bro, you got to be able to sing. And I also prefer female vocalists over, over male vocalists. I don't understand the appeal of male vocalists. Maybe that's why I never really liked my music because I am a male vocalist. Oh, really unpacking some stuff here. Okay. I'm going to stop <laughs> boycotting Shay's episode with my ramblings of music. Um, but that's all. That's good. I hope you guys enjoy your week. I'll talk to you next week. And we will have a party. You, me. And another buddy of mine from school. And you're going to be like, who's this guy? That's right, it's a guy. There's more than just one man in this counseling program. Not a lot, though. Seven? I don't know. Uh, okay. Bye. Love you. Mm.